The current spoiler warning level is Azure. Friends and folks, for this episode, you're looking at a spoiler warning level of Azure. We're talking about a machine and its production family from the Kotoki-led photo novel Gundam Sentinel, which has never and almost certainly will never have any adaptations, and even if it does, the story is really light and unimportant. So, please enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Mechanista NG. Do you ever get concerned about the judgmental stare of your webcam? I'm Six Stepmar. I don't have a webcam. I'm Dylan. Oh, oh. Understandable. I uh, I was given one on air as a gift. So. Oh. Yeah, I I, I don't got I don't got a webcam. <laughs> I just use it for like, you know, VTuber shit. So you know. That's body bad. That is fair. (sighs) I do get worried about the judgmental stare of the phone camera sometimes, but then I realized it's inescapable because both sides of the phone have a camera. You can look at your phone slightly off-center for this. It's not very comfortable. I wouldn't recommend it, but, you know. Well, how do I know that it's not lying about the the exact um, field of view that it has? I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess it technically probably is, huh? Because it's like, it's a it's a circle. It's not a box like this. It probably doesn't have, it's probably it has wider view than it actually displays. Yeah. Yeah. It just cuts huh. the edges. Huh. Never thought about that. Um, I'm ready to roll some dice, see what we're talking about this yeah, week. Yeah, let's talk about robots and not me being nervous about phone cameras. <laughs> Let's see, where is... There it is. There's my D8. I'm gonna roll my... I'm gonna gonna roll my um, D8 too, just to be involved. Yay. What'd you get? I got a 1. Okay. I got... uh, I I realized I shouldn't have used a D8, so I rolled too high. So we'll use the 1. We'll do early UC. Okay, cool. (laughs) That works. My other dice are all put away. I just have the D8 out because I like octahedrons. I think I got made fun of last time I mentioned this, but whatever. <laughs> like in, in school or what? No, I think by you. <laughs> Specifically by you on a prior episode. I, I remember right. saying I like D8s because I like the shape, and then you said something smart-ass to me. That doesn't sound like me. Um <laughs> So I rolled a D12 and a D4, and so we got a total of 11, which is the RMS-141. RMS, uh, Rumpo Mobile Suit, uh, 141. Would that be the Zeku Ains? It is the Zeku Ains. Yeah. Well played. Well, I've recently posted this somewhere, so I am okay with that. Well, good, because this is what we're talking about. So. Okay. So, the RMS-141 Zeku Ains is a mobile suit uh, in Gundam Sentinel, used by the new Decides. 
who are the uh, Titan Remnant terrorist group in that. Um, hey. Yeah? Is it New Decides, or is it New Decides? Uh, new... So, the reason why it's New Decides, I think, is because... So oh, it's, de- it's... I see it. I, I see yeah. that. It's like katakana. It's Decides. Okay, sure. So, yeah, here's the thing. It's a double meaning on the name. It's a portmanteau of Decision and Dissident. But also, I think it's decides because they're anti-colony. So, like, decides. Like, de- like sides are in... I love decides. Yeah, exactly. But they're the opposite. They hate decides. Anyway. Okay. It's, it's almost a good name. But it's not. Anyway. Is my opinion. Um, the, the, the Zeku Ains is a mobile suit used by them. Um... It is a mobile suit that was made on the Pezun asteroid base, um, which is, you know, originally a Xeon base, mm-hmm. and they had discovered, like, you know, they, they took it over, and it's like a big Xeon base for making mobile suits. Specifically, if we've ever talked, we, I know we've talked about some, but the design series MSX, most of the mobile suits from that are made on Pezun. Like, obviously, the Pezun Dewaj is made on Pezun, or like, mm-hmm. um, I think... The Gigan is one of them, etc. Um, that's like the in-universe thing, though, is they were all suits that were developed at Pezun, but when Pezun was taken, they weren't, like, fielded or whatever, I think, I believe is the uh, explanation. Mm. And the Zeku Lines is uh, an update based on one of the ideas that they had, like, found there, uh, which would explain why it's, like, a weird Monowai suit, <laughs> um, even though this is ostensibly used by the Federation. Well, Titan's remnants, but, you know the federation um and yeah so <clears throat> the zeku lines uh is a modular machine uh based on schematics that uh were there um and uh you know still built by anaheim later but pezun is where they got the plans and yeah it's just a cool mobile suit i, I like the zeku lines a lot um it feels a little advanced given it's concurrent with Zeta. I mean, like, not like That's a little bit towards... but... I mean, this is like... So Sentinel's like between the... I, I believe the start of Sentinel... Sentinel's at a weird time period because it, it is set more during double Zeta, actually. Not it Zeta. says it's 0087. Um, I believe it is like... After the end of Double Zeta, or the end of Zeta, but before the end of Double Zeta. I can't remember the exact time period. Uh, okay, I guess getting, the Zeku Wines is produced some... before the story events, though, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting some conflicting information where some things are saying it's 0087, but then the Rebellion actually starts 0088, like January. Yeah. Um, and then apparently this is the first field, and mainly my thing is that it has a beam smart gun, and that seems really sophisticated. I mean, everything in Sentinel uses that technology, though. Because that's the thing that the oh, S-Gundam okay. also... Well, the S-Gundam, remember, also uses the beam smart gun. Yeah, I guess that's true. I and that's uh, true. Uh, Zeta Pluses. Sure, but th- this is a grunt. Well, yeah. Well, that's why this thing was a cool advanced grunt, though. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, And to be fair, when it's using that... Well, we'll talk about it. Okay, so... This is a mobile suit that is designed around the idea of being modular, and modular in the way I like it, not modular in just the Strike Gundams, I have a backpack way. 
I'm being cruel to the strike Gundam. But no, this this has a bunch of equipment loadouts um, and whatnot that it can do. Uh, there are technically three primary like loadouts that are like mo like you know the the normal sets of loadouts, and we'll talk about each of those in sequence. But talking about the base mobile suit without any equipment, just like you know the way we do. For the head, we have a mono eye head uh, that's got a shape that kind of reminds me of the Marasai. Because it's got, like, you know, the big back, like, of the head, like, it, it's a very big head, right? It's it's long, and it's got, it like, It is a... definitely, yeah, definitely big. In, in some art, it looks more like, like, uh, fucking, like, it, like, Xenomorph, but some of it, it does look more Marasai. Yeah. Um, so the, um... The head just has a bunch of, like, basically line details. It doesn't have, like, really any external equipment other than you've got this... I believe it's a sensor package that's on the forehead. Like, you've got this, like, little, like, white cr spot crest on the forehead uh, mm -hmm. above the mono eye. And it's just, like, a white piece with, like, two little dots on it. And I believe it's, like, a sensor package of some sort. Um, you know, horn is optional because it, it, it can mount, like, a commander antenna. Um... But, yeah. Uh, otherwise, though, just a cool-looking head. I like this head design a lot. Um, the torso is a very Federation-feeling torso, actually, because you've got the torso where you've got a vent on either side. Like, you've got yellow vents on either side, and you've got the um, the uh, red chest, like, cockpit hatch. And, big cockpit hatch. Yeah, big cockpit hatch, actually. Um, I believe there's also <clears throat> another sensor on the front of the torso, too, like... Instead of it being, like, the green camera sensor like the Mark II has, it's just, like, again, like, almost like a little radome or something. Because huh. you can see it on the left side of the chest, uh, mm -hmm. above the vent. Um, but, yeah, the chest is interesting just because it, it's a very rounded chest, but it almost feels like, you know, a rounded Gundam chest or something. Uh, except for one thing, it has cables, though, that are running from, like, the bottom of the chest area into the backpack. Which, you know, that's where you start feeling Xeon again. But the overall, like, the design elements of this thing, they're just interesting because it mixes a lot of Federation and Xeon aesthetics. Which makes sense for the Titans, because, I mean, you know, the Hyzak does that, right? Mm-hmm. For all the Hyzak does look like a Zaku, it also has a lot of these other Federation-y elements. And I feel like that cable is probably the safe. It has always struck me as like the safest one, right? Because it's very snug with the with the body, and thus not going to get you know clipped by things as easily as opposed to the arm and leg cables, which are not present here. Yeah. Um, the shoulders. You've got these big round pauldrons for the shoulders. Um, the front and back of them have little latches. These are for helping equip various um. There's various equipment that can fit in those, and again, we'll talk about them. Uh, you can also see on the outside of the shoulder, there's a big indentation, like a big square indentation, and there's actually a latch built in there for the same reason. Mm. Um, upper arms and upper arm, nothing too special there. The lower arm, I actually like the design of the arms on this a lot. It's, it's kind of, it's still got that Zeta-ish thing going on where. Here's the thing. If you were to remove the white armor on the, like, wrist on either side and there was exposed cables, that would actually feel very Zeta-esque. But instead, they cover it up, right? Like, it's got one of those arms with, like, a big, you know, like, you've got, like, blue frame, a blue elbow, um, you know, blue wrist piece, and, like, 
the sides of the arm uh, have blue pieces that connect from the front to the back. But then you've got white armor, like, that is covering up some parts. Uh, and just having the armor there is, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, I'm so used to suits in Zeta era stuff having, like, at least, like, the, what would be, I guess, like, the wrist side front of the, um, that white armor be off and to have, like, exposed cables there. Mm-hmm. But instead, yeah. it's just, it's armored. It, but it looks, I like the way it looks layered. Because of the blue and white uh, pieces there for the armor. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the hands are hands. Um, for the skirt, uh, <clears throat> we've got a pretty large front skirt setup. Um, these skirts have, like, little thrusters on the bottom. These side skirts uh, also, I believe, have thrusters underneath. Uh, and you can kind of tell they've, they're, they're, like, these big... They're, they're very simple side skirts in design, but you can tell they have a giant gap under them. Mm-hmm. Um, With the front then... side skirts, it looks... Is it like... So there's the middle piece, and then there are the two big panels, but between them there are these long, narrow, you know, like like thrusters, but they look like they're separate from the panels? Uh, No, just because I do have a model kit of this. They're, they're usually connected. They okay, do look it's like just they could the be line separate. Li- because... It's just like the line is thicker than you would expect is all. Okay, yeah. the shading. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so the side skirts have, like, one big thruster underneath. Oh, actually, you can see it really well in, um, if you're on the wiki and you want to look at this, um, because I assume you usually are with the show, uh, the, uh, Gundam diorama front, you can actually see underneath, and yeah, it's just one big thruster, basically, on either, uh, for the side skirt. Mm. Um, the rear skirt, you can't really see it well on the website, unfortunately, because I don't... Well, let me see. Do they have a rear shot at the end? No, they don't. Okay. So, uh, I do know that this thing's design. It is just, like, one big rear skirt. Um, you know, it doesn't separate or anything. With a bunch of thrusters on either side. Uh, little, like, the little square ones. Um, let me pull up a picture for you. Because I believe Dal... Well, I do know that Dalong has the model, because of course he does. Um... Seth, they did this model so long ago. It's like one of those ones where it's like, cool, they did an obscure thing, but then you realize, maybe I don't want them doing the obscure thing huh. <laughs> or that early. Because a modern model would have done it better. Um, So you can see, though, on either side, you've got like those little square thrusters, and then in the back middle part of the skirt, you've got just two standard thrusters. Yeah, gotcha. Um, But yeah, it's just one big piece. Um, for the, uh, thighs, uh, simple thighs, the thighs, they do have a cool little, like, uh, bump, uh, at the base of them, but, you know, not a lot of detail going on there. Uh, for the lower legs, for the calves, um, you've got this really big, like, for the knee armor and, like, part of an ankle guard, it's actually, like, all one big front piece. I, I like the design of this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um... So you've got, like, the knee, you've got, like, you know, a, what would it be? Between the knee and the uh, ankle guard. Just the front of the it's leg. Kind of a shin guard? Or, yeah. like, a shin guard, yeah. It basically all feels like armor, though, in that kind of way, because, yeah, it's, like, three big bump, bumpy pieces that are sticking out of the leg. So you've got the knee, yeah, like a shin guard, and then at the bottom of the shin guard, you've got an ankle guard. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know foot guard the the thing that a lot of mobile suits have um 
the rest of the leg, of course, is it's it's you know like a Xeon style bell bottom leg. Uh, mm-hmm. It does have a big thruster on the outside of either leg um, in the bell block bottom yeah, bell bottom flare. Uh, the back of the leg uh, does have a big hollow spot. If you are looking at this, the reason why is because one of the optional equipments you can put in there are propellant tanks, like extra propellant that are ejectable. So it's just got this kind of gap in the back of the leg. Um, I'm assuming the idea is that it doesn't want to be seen from behind anyway. You don't want someone sneaking up behind you, so it doesn't matter to have that part heavily armored. So it has the front where you'd be facing the enemy more reinforced. Yeah. Um, finally, the backpack. You've got a backpack with a... I actually like the design of this. It's a very boxy backpack, but it's got on either side, you've got two thrusters. You've got a camera in the middle, um, and then on the actual side, like, of the backpack, um, facing, like, sideways, you have these little square thrusters, similar to the ones that are on the rear skirt. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the bottom of the backpack, you have a large propellant tank um, that is not optional and is always connected there. Yeah, for given how late this was made, it is surprising to see this style of, like, underslung propellant tank it feels like a much like an earlier one year war era kind of design but it does look good Mm -hmm. um so there are a bunch of different equipments for this we'll talk about each configuration though i think first just because that's the easiest way and then there's some equipment that actually isn't attached to a configuration but we have the type one configuration so what this is is a very simple one this is using a beam rifle that has a rather large underslung grenade. Um, yeah, that's like, pretty big. Yeah, the grenade launcher on the bottom almost looks like they just slapped half of a rocket launcher on the bottom. It's just a very big grenade launcher. Considering that, like, in Gundam, I feel like a lot of grenade launchers typically are, like, the same size of the beam barrel, like, whether they're just kind of a small grenade. This one just feels beefy. Um, the other main major thing on the Type 1 configuration is propellant extra propellant is added onto the shoulders on the outside just ejectable propellant tanks um basically you know propellant tanks these are all just for increasing the mobile suits operation time the type one is the standard grunt one that would just be like that has a beam rifle it has a grenade launcher um and it is ready to go into combat now the type one i believe has the weird thing where it does not carry a beam saber with it. Um, yeah, it doesn't because the beam yeah. saber is stored on the shoulder shield. So because it's not using that particular option, yeah, it is just a beam rifle, a grenade launcher, and the propellant. This is just the most simple, bare bones, you know, fo- form. It's funny because the way the propellant tanks on the shoulders like fought like uh, fit in. They're positioned almost like a shield, but that's a really bad idea. Yeah, Don't no. do that. <laughs> I mean, if you've got all that propellant, here's the thing. You can focus on just boosting and moving a lot. <laughs> sure. I believe yeah. would be the uh, the, the idea. Um, and it, it feels like a funny, like, this is sort of the the ordinary, like, like standard pilot loadout, right? Yeah. And because that's a like a low skill kind of idea, that's why they don't have a beam saber. It's not a priority for uh, for a, you know, kind of a grunt to have a beam saber mm-hmm. but then you would think you would want to give grunts a shield over a bunch of mobility because they wouldn't be able to handle it as well as just blocking a thing that's fair though i'm curious if these 
equipment types were designated by the new decides who were technically all veterans. Hmm. So that might be why. Veterans with names like Brave Cod, Tosh Cray, and uh, T- Josh Offshore, I remember. I don't remember the others. Josh Those Offshore like is pretty three. good. That's a good name. There's some ridiculous names. Um, But yeah, then we have my favorite configuration, the Type 2 configuration. The Type 2 configuration has a shield added onto the left. Uh, I love the external shield for the Zekulines, by the way, because it is a really cool shield. It has, you know, it's like a Zaku-style shoulder shield, uh, but it, instead of having a part that goes, like, it, instead of having the part that guards, like, the top of the shoulder, instead bumps outward, which I just think is kind of cool. I guess kind of like, well, kind of like the Marasai or something, just instead of it being, like, a really long piece, it's just, like, a little short piece but I like the way it bumps out. It looks really hard to block with. Like, it seems like it'd be really hard to get it to move in front of you in any way. Well, it doesn't rotate that way. Yeah, no, this is uh, this is actually just side protection. But as an added benefit, it does have two thrusters built in. <laughs> hmm. Okay, okay. Uh, which is kind of cool. Um, it also is very flat on top, which allows for another piece of equipment to be put on this. In the case here, uh, there is a radome. Uh, a very large radome that... It's an interesting design um, because it actually is a radome that, uh, unlike a real-life radome, has a mono-eye attached. The artwork that is here is actually... So, fun fact, the colored artwork you see on the wiki uh, for the Type 1, 2, and 3 is actually, I believe, fan-colored and was just added there. But if you want to see like what it actually should look like, look at the GBO2 one. You can see it actually has... That's a big mono-eye, mm-hmm. which I think is yeah. great. I love that it's... a. Uh, what if you just had a giant mono-eye on this? This is something that I do appreciate, actually. Um, Shout-outs to uh, our, our partners at MAHQ. On the MAHQ page, they ha- they say what the wiki does not, which is they say, hey, this is custom line art, by the way, Yeah. by a fan. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I get why people would want to use it. It's because it's better to have colored line art than to not, generally. Sure, totally. Uh, and especially it's- for parsing a mobile suit, but... It's mostly accurate. I think this one detail, you know, it's it's a detail I can forgive them because it's also the kind of thing that sometimes they get wrong in official art. Yeah, no, that's fair. It's not like it's bad art. I believe the Type 3 is actually the official art, funnily enough, because the Type hmm. 3, well, you'll notice that the colors are a little different, and um, I believe that the Type 3 one comes from the Gundam Perfect Files um, article on it. Uh, and of course, the uh, no equipment one is from the old uh, one of the old Katoki uh, toys, like the GFF, I think. Sure, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to like listen. I know the new decides are like fascists, right? Yeah. And they're like the fascists that the other fascists couldn't stand, so they're like super fascists. But oh. I kind of my only real beef with them is I want them to rename this. It's not a shield; it's an armor binder. Yeah. Um. Also, what we have here is my favorite piece of equipment, uh, the Beam Smart Gun, yeah. which I love the design of this thing because it's just such a strange looking gun because so it's got a handle. So it's a really long gun. The handle is on the back and actually extends more horizontally than being like, you know, a vertical handle. And then it's got a handle on the side. So it's got like a grip on the side and a grip on the back. I like the way this is held, though. Because, again, it's a mobile suit weapon that you are aiming using, like, computers and whatnot. You don't need to hold it like a regular gun. 
Mm-hmm. So I just think it, that's a cool setup for it. It's cool looking. It does kind of evoke some like not like not like Nazi for for once, but like World War Two like submachine gun design where they were like, how do we bang together a quick welded gun? Oh, um, did, was that actually a thing? It was having handles like that. I mean, there are there are some examples of I'm I'm struggling off the top of my head. I want to say the Sten, but I don't think the Sten actually is like this. Um, but there are you know like because we were still figuring out how to make you know automatic weapons and also like mass produce guns that were metal and not wood there are some weird angles on on some handles yeah. for those things the sten actually, isn't like actually that, the sten is, I will the sten say is this, not a bad example actually yeah no the sten is a weird one that's a weird looking gun yeah i mean and that's sort of exam- an example of the kind of aesthetic you can expect right is yeah. is just like quick machined you know, simple I was going to say, the, the way that the parts look, they don't look very refined. It just looks like this was pumped out of a metal factory and put together. Yep. Um, which, you know, World War II, so that makes sense. Yeah, that's um, what happened. They had, you know, stay-at-home moms building guns for you. So, uh, the, the designs on the gun itself. Uh, on the top back, you have, like, a cable uh, running on the top. Uh, just a little, like, a small little bit of exposed cabling, but it's using that cool mesh... Uh, texture that I always love on mobile suit weapons. Uh, on the front, I want to believe that given the design of like all those little cuts on the top, that that's maybe like a heat sink related area. Um, just because you know, it's it's a bunch of little dashes. Um, mm-hmm. you've got like a little antenna above the barrel. Uh, probably again, this thing is trying to pers- aim precisely with this thing. Uh, and, you know, be able to detect fine movements in a quick amount of time. So it's got the giant radome, and it's probably got, like, a little antenna here. Um, you have more cool, like, uh, little cuts in the bottom side around the barrel, uh, which, you know, the barrel the barrel is on the bottom. And then towards the back, actually, of the gun again, but on the bottom side, I love the little coolant tank, the external one that's connected there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's cool. Because the thing is, the Beam Smart Gun is designed to do two different things. Uh, so the beam smart gun on the Zeku lines, I believe it's not as advanced as the one that's on like the S Gundam, but the idea is, well, we, in Zeta, they started building I fields into like, well, I fields are used with, you know, beam rifles, right? To, mm-hmm. to direct beams. And then you started having ones where the I field generated was strong enough that it's like, well, why don't we have a beam saber built into it? Right? Sure. So going the next step further, and I think this is just because the people working on Sentinel are a bunch of nerds, including Hajime Katoki. They were like, well, we know that I-Fields, like, bend beams around them, because that's how the Big Zam works, right? Right. And we know that they're built into the beam rifles themselves, and we know they're strong enough to be able to emit things. What if the I-Field was able to, like, basically help bend, like, like... What if we put it into the barrel or the muzzle of the gun and it can just bend the beam itself so that it can, like, aim a little bit better? Because the whole thing about beams is if you get hit, you're dead. So what if we made it easier to hit with, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And I actually like that a lot. I think that's a, I think that's a cool idea. Um, the thing about Sentinel is because it's made by a bunch of nerds who are Gundam nerds and, you know... I believe, uh, technically speaking, Kotoki had worked on uh, Double Zeta also at the time, but there's still a bunch of, like, nerds that are not, like, in the main line of, like, how the shows are made. They're going to, uh, like, think about these things maybe to a degree that 
it's kind of like the advanced Zeta problem where it's using all technology that did exist, but the way it's implementing it still feels weird because it is doing it, like, in a way that is, like, just, like, I know that these things exist, so of course I'm going to use them in these ways, but doesn't necessarily mesh with how a show does it. You sure, know? sure. Um, I don't think Katoki, or, sorry, uh, Tamino is going and sitting there thinking about the technology in his show and then going, damn, I need to have this cool thing happen in that kind of way, you know? Uh, whereas these are a bunch of nerds working on this, uh, on something that is, you know, generally, like, a, a, a photo novel made using, like, custom models. So, yeah. I think that's why you get, like, stuff like, because I, I wanted to address that because you had mentioned it earlier that, like, huh, that's the beam smart gun. That feels a little advanced, especially for a grunt. But the idea being, you know, hey, the, the, there's a bunch of suits that have, like, these strong eye fields built into their, uh, uh, weapons for, you know, doing sabers. Why can't we use that a different way? Um, mm -hmm. is kind of the logic there. Now, again, I get why it still feels weird because it's not something that's in the shows, but yeah. Anyway, it, it the, makes sense. Um, it's, it's why it has all this range finding equipment though, is because that way it can like when firing like uh, the beam, it can quickly like bend it, which I think is yeah. cool. I mean, it's a loadout entirely about that gun and making the best use of it. It can. Yep. And, so. Sentinel also has one other weird thing compared to normal Gundam. Battles take place at generally longer range engagements at the start. Um, so it kind of makes sense that it's just equipped like this way. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, we think of, when we think of Gundam battles, we typically think of things getting up close and personal very quick, but, um, Sentinel does have a lot of battles that happen at a longer distance. Um, and, like, especially, like, for sniping, say, a ship, even better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just, damn, you you hit the bridge of a ship with a radome-equipped giant beam sniper. Um, By the way, just, just for fun, I went and found this uh, classic photo. Really was stay-at-home moms in those factories making stands. God, yeah. She did her hair for the factory. Yeah, she sure did. <laughs> um... So yeah, that's the Type 2 loadout, though, and I think all of the loadouts actually do use the propellant tanks on the back of the legs, because, I mean, they're in set, there's no reason almost not to use them, but they are mm -hmm. technically optional, so. Sure. Uh, uh, and then finally, we have the Type 3 loadout, and this is the one the model kit was made of almost, but not quite. Um, the thing that's different on the model kit for this is, uh, we'll talk about with the design here. So first of all, it has the commander antenna, the model kit does not have the commander antenna, um... So, it has a shoulder shield on either shoulder, and then on top of the shoulder, instead of using the radome, this just has some giant ammo bins, because this mm -hmm. is using a large machine gun. It's actually just a 120mm one, but it fires anywhere from 360 to 540 rounds per minute. I mean, 120 is pretty big. I mean, 120 is like the Zaku machine gun size. That's I, I just didn't want it to sound like... Because, you know, in, in Gundam, sizes get weird, but... Um, true, true. Uh, when I said large machine gun, I should know it is still the size of a Zaku machine gun in terms of the ammo, but it fires a much, much, much faster. Yeah, that was sort of the thing that, like, the way the Zaku machine gun is typically portrayed is they are actually pretty big rounds. It just does not have the highest firing rate. Yeah. Um, so this fires, yeah, 360 to 540 rounds per minute, which is quite a bit. 
um, I would say, for a mobile suit size gun. Mm-hmm. And then it has huge drum magazines that have uh, 6,000 rounds each in them. Uh, so the funny thing is, this actually has four beam sabers also. Because <laughs> um, technically, each shield has two beam sabers on the underside. Um, so, even though it's not depicted holding the equipment here... Oh, and also, I should mention that the um, the gun is belt-fed uh, into the magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, which you can, you know, you, you have that rear art so you can see it. Now, I do think reloading the other magazine would be scary because I think it literally has to, like, pop. I, I'm curious how it does that, actually. I'm wondering if it would have to just, like, pop the uh, belt out and maybe the belt has, like, some bit, like, little maneuvering things and it would just have to maneuver it in. Oh, or, no, because the it would have to switch which shoulder it is. Yeah, this seems like a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. I guess it has 6,000 rounds per thing, though, and it's like, you know, we're going to put them both on there. Better get somewhere safe if you're going to reload, though. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, here's the other thing, right, is this is just model nitpicking, I guess, but the model doesn't have anywhere to put the... the there's no opening in that ammo tank. Uh, Yeah, there is. Uh, Look on the front of the ammo tank on the on the other shoulder. I don't have art of the front. Oh. Oh, sorry, I sent you the back. <laughs> right, here. Wait. Uh, the idea uh, is I think uh, it has to switch it to the other shoulder. I see. Okay, so I'm you saying. don't... I see. Okay. It's still okay. a pain in the ass, but... Yeah. Yeah, I did not yeah. switch the gun into the other hand. You're switching this into the other shoulder. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um... Anyway, uh, yeah, and these are equipped to the shoulder via the latches as well. Um, now, you can notice that the shield has another bit of equipment on the outside. It has a uh, magazine on the outside. These magazines, I believe, are for the uh, small clay bazooka that this can use. It mm-hmm. doesn't appear in this art, uh, but it does appear in the art showing all the optional equipment. And I think it's just stored i think it can be stored like on the rear skirt on the like you know like in the middle of it sure makes so, sense yeah but yeah theoretically this would have the big machine gun and also have a clay bazooka uh this is just kind of the big heavy armament one it's all solid armaments but they're good ones um i also like the design of this clay bazooka <laughs> just it's a very boxy in a way that i like yeah, it's cool looking. I like. I also do like the colors. There's a use um, in a lot of this art of like a warm gray in a way that I like. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's uh, it's very uh, Kotoki GFF era art because he he likes mm-hmm. doing that kind of color scheme. Um, I but, feel like yeah, this armament loadout is kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. I I I don't see the use case for twelve thousand rounds of a not-that-powerful so, gun. <laughs> apparently, this is actually meant to be used as a turret defense. For, okay. Like, okay, that makes... Yeah. Attacking yeah, wanna... and defending. Um, Attacking, I don't see it, because you're not going to be able to hurt the fortress. Um, defending... I mean, the thing about defending is you can duck back in for a reload or for, to be re-equipped. I guess it's nice if you don't have to, but it, I, st- I still am not really convinced. Oh. Also should know, uh, it does have smoke dischargers as well, I believe, built into the shields. Oh, that's um, nice. Yep. Which, I guess, would work with also doing stuff, but yeah. Um, which is the thing I read there. Um, I didn't know about that. 
yeah, I mean, I, it depends, because again, Gundam is weird with gun, like, the way that, like, solid weapons are depicted, especially because, you know, IRL, 120mm round is like a tank round. Right. Like, that's like a tank shell. And, you know, like, planes and stuff would fire things like... If a plane had a 20mm cannon on it, that it's called a cannon for a reason. Mm-hmm. Right. So, that's the thing, though, is, like, I, I think I get the idea here. Being like, well, if, if, if it has a high rate of fire and it's 120mm and it has a lot of ammo, it can just fuck shit up. Yeah, but you have to, you know, you have to consider that, like, one of the first things that happened in the history of the franchise is someone pulling out a 120mm gun and their person saying it can't penetrate that armor. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, then again, the 90mm probably can, though. Let's not forget. Because they did make the 90mm machine gun uh, with more penetration than the 120. That's true. And this, I, and I, this is I, made I, later. Right, I doubt this is just the same shell. Yeah, no, this is just... I think it just happens to be the same caliber, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So those are the three, like, standard loadouts, though. Type 1, Type 2, and Type 3. Um, the, uh... Oh, apparently, by the way, the Type 1 did sometimes have a shield instead of uh, the propellant tanks, at least on one side, so that it would have the beam sabers, too. Okay, I approve of yeah. that. That happens occasionally. Um, I'm, I'm assuming maybe, like, early on in the invasion uh like in I, I would have to look at the photo novel i'm wondering if you see a mixture of like just a mixture of them based on the pilot preference so here is a picture of the full equipment loadout um the the cool thing about this is so we get some equipment that is not shown in the art um mm -hmm. so first of all uh it has a double set of missile pods that can be loaded onto either shoulder uh, this is the same design of missile pod that is used on the Gundam Mark V. Uh, it's, you know, like the two two boxes, basically, that each have, like, three large missiles in them. Mm-hmm. Um, on the far left, we see two Sturmfausts, and then we also have, I believe, this Sturmfaust on the top is known as the Club. For an obvious reason, it is a very large one. Um... Let me see what it calls it in the, uh, in this one. A, yeah, it's called the, oh, they're all called clubs. I forgot. They're not called Sturmfausts. They're called clubs. Even though they are Sturmfausts in design, though. They are, you know, grenades on a stick. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's neat to see the bigger Sturmfaust. Um, mm -hmm. It's cool. I also like the way, like, you know, just the way size has been taken into consideration. Because it's not just like, oh, we drew it bigger. It's like, oh, the, like, the... I don't, I don't know how the breakdown of a warhead goes, but I can tell that the part that, you know, hits to trigger the explosion is, like, scale-wise much smaller, and then there's the band around. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious now. Oh, so an interesting thing, actually, about that Type 1's propellant tanks. They are still, obviously, propellant tanks, mm -hmm. uh, but the way it is worded here and how it labels them um, with the... Because they do have, like, a little thruster built into the side of them and stuff, too. Um... Uh, at the base where the propellant tanks connect into, uh, this is actually referred to as a landing, uh, the landing device uh, on the notes here, which thinking on it, because the Nero also has some of these, I'm wondering if this is for doing like assaults where you're going to land and it's going to like expend that thrust from those propellant tanks specifically for slowing a descent. 
Oh, like to Earth, you mean? Uh, or to even to like uh, yeah, to anywhere that would have like gravity, because you know a colony does have some gravity too. Yeah, I don't feel like you'd need that much propellant for that, but um, that's true. But I mean, I guess you don't have to eject it immediately. But it it sure. is worded as landing device. I just wanted to note here. Yeah, landing device system. Um. Uh, other equipment uh, here on this large art that I believe isn't in the normal one. I mentioned the clay bazooka. That's basically it. Um, and then you can actually see there's two types of leg propellant, uh, even though we only usually ever see the one uh, on the like that's on the lower right of the page. Uh, the left propellant is the one typically seen in there, but it actually has even larger propellant tanks, too, for increased operation time. I assume. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of cool seeing the two different types there. Um but yeah, theoretically, though, the Zekuwines, even though there are, like, the standard types, as mentioned with the Type 1 being able to swap out stuff, these were, this is used by a terrorist cell that probably just has its members also be able to just change these at will. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, this is more for pilot preference, I think, too. Uh, at least in how it gets used. Um, but yeah, no, I love this thing because I like all this equipment. I think it's cool. I like seeing this, I don't know, like, the, it is hard for me to dislike a heavy assault mobile suit. They're just cool as the thing. <laughs> yeah. I just think the Zekuines is a really neat suit. Um, and, yeah, I, I like the way it handles the modularity. It has a bunch of different loadouts. It has a bunch of different weapons, you know, for a bunch of different situations. Um, I, I It's just cool. You know, it, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. And honestly, even though, it, like, it would be expensive to do for a grunt, I think having that modularity built into a grunt actually makes more sense than in your, we only have one of this and we're going to send it into the battlefield units, you know? Right. And also, I mean, this is not, um, I'm going to guess that the new decides didn't have a great long-term plan because this feels like the kind of like, okay, big upfront initial investment, right? Yeah. But you're not going to keep manufacturing these for years, so... Oh, yeah, no, that's the thing. New Decides, basically, I think they just stole them also. Technically, I think these were mm. made, and then these were, like, stolen. The Titans test team was like, hey, what the fuck, man? We were <laughs> supposed just... to get more robots, even though we have all the robots. God. Well, because what happened is after the, uh, after the, um, Titans, um, basically, uh, the AU took over the facility post-war, because, as we all know, the... AU also um basically joins with the Federation at the end of uh, Zeta and yep. become they become the same organization. So a group of junior officers in the Titans uh, instructor corps actually do a rebellion. So they basically stole these machines to do a rebellion uh, and uh they were all killed. <laughs> Apparently also um the new decides name is a reference to the Shinsengumi, uh, which are a you know yeah I, the, yeah the police I, of the late I Tokugawa mean, <laughs> secret police. You know it, it the new and Shin that part's right there at least. Uh huh. Uh, I don't, I don't think I, they knew what the Shinsengumi were about, but that's fair. Yeah. Um. Well, the I don't know a lot about the Shinsengumi. Uh, I, know, I know a fair bit. Did... Uh, wait a minute. Okay, hold on. Uh-huh. Okay, they, 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 they attempted a coup. I think I do know who the Shinsengumi are. Never mind. 
I'm, I'm reading like some of these events and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. So, so I'm assuming they're one of the periods of we are a militaristic force in Japan and we want to eventually, like, we, we don't like the way this is going. Right. I feel like a coup is a little unfair to them. To be okay. honest, I'm I'm not here to defend the Shinsengumi, um, but basically they were um, what you know the divide between the shogunate and the empire, right? Yes. Basically between the imperial court. Um, yeah. so they were established by the shogunate at the t at a time when the emperor was basically keeping a low profile, mm -hmm. and then. Uh, suddenly the emperor was like, actually, fuck the shogunate, and it caused a big war of people, you know, ah. using the imperial mandate to right, force right. out the shogunate. And right. at that time, the Shinsengumi, created by the shogunate, decided to stay loyal to the shogunate. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so, yeah, and it's, this is in, like, what, late, would that be the Edo period? Uh, that is... Uh, no, not Edo, uh, what is it? My... What am I spacing on the name of it? I don't know the period name, but either way, like, this is the 1800s, right? Yeah, this is, like, 1860s. Yeah, so, so this is, like, um... Th this is also the time where, uh, the Emperor is out, but also, like... Okay, yeah, I understand I mean, this now. is, this is, this is, you know, Commodore Perry did some shit recently. Yes, yes, okay. <laughs> right, I was like, I was like, what's the word for that? What is the word for the time where, like, the westernization of, uh, like, you know, what, what western influence on Japan is happening? I never remember that. Yeah, I, so. but I, yeah, I do know about this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Brave Cod leads this group, though. Um, Brave Cod in the, uh, he, he actually pilots a Gundam Mark V, uh, which we've talked about, I believe, right? We talked about it mm -hmm. here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the, yeah, so the Zekuans are stolen machines used by the new decides. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, we actually see these in Moon Gundam, also, I should note, at the start, which hmm. is interesting. Well, because at the start of Moon Gundam, they're fighting Titans remnants. Uh, it, it's like one of the earlier assignments for Londo Bell is there are some Titans remnants that are, like, planning to do something, and they get attacked, so, uh, uh, by, like, Amuro, basically, because Amuro's in the Rick DJ. Um, and one of the suits that they field is Zekuines, which I just I, I just think it's cool that they uh, actually have them there. Looking into it, we have not talked about the Mark V, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. I couldn't but, remember. You know, um, it's, we're certainly not doing it now. It's just, you know. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, this is this is a cool suit. Uh, I think we've gone over everything with it. And now we can talk about its sequel. If it's the Zekuines, the sequel would be the Zeku's Vi. I like this one a lot. The Zeku's Vi is, in fact, though, the prototype we're going to put everything on a one-suit thing. Very obviously, looking at it. Um, yeah, this is very... Um, this is very Zeta spin-off, right? This is yeah. the classic, like, what if we put all the equipment on one machine and yeah. it barely needed arms or legs anymore? Well, it has six arms, so it doesn't need... It, it's fine. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it. Okay, so the Zeku's Vi. It's, it's funny because the wiki has this note, but I believe this is mentioned. It's unknown whether this is actually, like, a variant that was meant to be used as its own thing, 
or if it's just they modified the fuck out of a remaining Zeku Lions in order to make it, like, a ridiculous, like, custom ace machine. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing is cool. Um, so, the head. The head is weird. Uh, we actually have good separated line art of it, too, which is cool. You've got, like, it's still a mono-eye head, but it is, like, the head has been beefed out and is basically all sensor equipment now. Because you can see, like, there's the camera on the forehead, there's a another, like, sort of a mohawk camera, but this is, like, a long xenomorph-esque head, so... Uh, you want to talk is, about Xenomorphs, this is that. This head feels very, um, oh shit, I gotta cut this down as I double check what I'm fucking, who I'm fucking thinking of. Uh, this is very, uh, Shiro, Masamune Shiro, this head. Mm, yes, yes, it feels very Shiro. Uh, especially with things like the back of it having all these, like, antenna that are just out. Mm-hmm. I love the look of this thing, though. Uh, it's got, like, little... It's the head is just covered like in little sensors though, and it also has little vents now on the cheek guard area. Um, and the head is basically though. Here's the thing: if you had seen this like equipped onto like somewhere else on a mobile suit, like on a shoulder or something, and it didn't have the mono eye, this would just look like a sensor package. It doesn't even look like a head anymore. Mm-hmm. Like you know, the mono eye makes you realize, okay, this is a head, but it doesn't necessarily look like a head, which I think is great. I love that about it. Um, it's just really cool, though. And I love, like, the back of the head just being all these, like, antenna parts that are just sticking out. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the torso now. So, the torso is similar to the torso on the Zeku Eins, but it is wider now. Same kind of cockpit hatch, uh, you know, like, the big red cockpit hatch on the front. Um, but it has two sets of vents, now instead of just the one and also instead of having like the little tiny radome it actually has like full-on like you know there are light based cameras on this uh that are now on the collar Mm -hmm. uh surrounding the head so you have these two like large cameras setups which i really like the look of um but otherwise yeah this is just a very beefy version of the existing torso uh actually interestingly also it actually shortens the torso in a weird way so you can see it like if we look if you look at like the uh, line art uh, of just the uh, upper half of the body, but you can see that so the torso is made a little wider, but it's not it doesn't go down as much anymore because uh, you need room for the skirt. Also, should mention um, that those areas with the cameras uh, like that look like separated armor. Uh, the back of them does have two giant backpack like propellant tanks. This suit doesn't really have much of a backpack. We'll talk about it. Um, it's more like a giant ass rear skirt, but, um, yeah, the backs of the camera areas do have these huge propellant tanks on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the waist or, uh, sorry, the shoulders first, actually doing the order that I normally do. Uh, so it's still using, uh, it's using basically bigger versions of the Zeku Ayan shoulders. Like it's just these huge pauldrons. This actually also feels very Shiro now that I look at it, just cause they're like very rounded in a way that like. The, the way that they are rounded, I don't know why. This just feels... And maybe it's because of the size proportion to the body, too. It just doesn't feel like the way you expect a Gundam design to handle, like, shoulders on a mecha. Mm-hmm. Um, the shoulders have been modified to now have two latches because this has a lot of extra ammo 
capacity for a for its machine gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got four of it's got basically what looks like a a, a, a rigged together version of those ammo packs uh, that has them like now like linked, and it has four a uh, two on each shoulder now. Which going off how much ammo that would be, that would be what twenty four hundred, I think. Yeah, I'm yes. trying to figure out how this works. Uh, it's cause... connected into the side of the, um, you can see the, uh, hole in the side. The, uh, the machine gun is always in the left hand, though, for this one. I don't know how you would switch the ammo container. Yeah. Um. Oh, actually, you know what? This would actually have an easier time of it, because here's the thing. On the side of the shoulder where the, uh, shield would be, it now has a subarm. That is oh. able to pop out and rotate around. Sure, actually, that okay. All yeah. Right. Um. So yeah, that first little shield that's on the side of the shoulder there—that's actually a subarm. It's got like little, it's got like little fingies on the end of it, and I love this thing. Mm-hmm. And then as you go down the arm, so the the bicep is now biggened, and there's a bunch of armor and another subarm sticking off of the side of the or off of the uh, uh, uh like off of the upper arm area there Mm -hmm. which the upper arm is huge on this thing it's funny because the lower arm is actually still the same part as like the zeku lines but the upper arm is now this whole big section that like has to go down a lot more because of the increased size of the suit and it has a sub arm on its arm (laughs) and then of course you have the normal like the zeku lines arm there i just love this ridiculous six arm thing going on uh for the waist we have absolutely gigantic crotch section uh, with a big thruster on the bottom. We've got huge skirts. Uh, these skirts uh, have a bunch of external missile pods. Um, so the left skirt has two. The right skirt has one. And then instead of having a missile pod in place, it has a uh, radome mm-hmm. so, uh, in, in the last slot. So, yeah, so, the, so it's got three sets of missile pods, though. Um, do we know how many missiles are on them? They're 18 tube, uh, missile pods. So these just pop open and have a shit ton of missiles. Uh, the, um, legs, not much of a, the legs are basically a mono structure at this point. They're just like, I know that they can move because I have seen in games how they move. Uh, I actually really like SD Gundam G generation Genesis for putting this in it and making it. So this thing is actually agile. Which is really cool, because when you look at the design, it's hard to see it from the art, but you can see it in action in that game, and I think it's really cool. I mean, it's... it's 50% of it is Vernier's, so it makes sense it's a quick little guy. Yeah. I love the design of the leg. It's a little hard to see on the art. Uh, so here, like, if you look at this rear shot of a um, custom model that was made... Uh, I like the way this leg is, though. It still has the joint there, but the way that the armor is... It's still very front protection heavy, but here's the thing. This thing has a giant rear skirt. You're not going to shoot under the back of the leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, instead of two propellant tanks, this has three of them bolted into the back of the leg, too, each leg. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. And it's got some external cables also on the back of the leg. Um, I just love the way, though, that the armor is, like, layered on each section of the, the leg there. Because you've got, like, this big section of armor. You can see, actually, some mechanical parts underneath that armor. And then there's, like, another layer of armor, though, beneath that. I, I just like the way that this looks. Yeah, uh, this is a really cool machine. 
And then you've got gigantic feet. Really big feet. Um, finally, uh, so, the backpack, um, you've got a, basically it's the same as the rear skirt, which is why I kind of just didn't talk about the rear skirt when I was talking about the skirts. You've got, like, a double layer set of, um, backpacks. One is actually on the backpack, and one is on the, uh, rear skirt. And I feel like I would of, even call them tail of like a tail binder. Yeah, they're like they're basically like bug abdomens. Yeah, it's like a tail binder. Um So the top one has beam sabers sticking out of the side, uh big beam sabers. Uh these can be grabbed by the little subarms. Uh these are are these hyper beam sabers? I'm curious. Nope. Just regular beam sabers. Not big ones. They have big handles, probably, so they can actually be grabbed, but... Uh, yeah, not, I guess like, I can it. see that. Yeah. Um, also in the sides, uh, we talked about the clubs. Uh, it actually has six of them. You can see them, though. They What they do is the stick kind of... They, they pop out a little bit so that the uh, arm can grab the stick, and then, you know, it's a Sturmfaust, so it can just mm -hmm. launch them. Uh and then finally, like, towards the back, you have these little square thrusters that are, like, facing, like, the uh, angled parts of the um, backpack. And then you have the actual, like, big, big-ass jet, like, or, you know, big fancy thrusters on the yeah, uh, like, middle. Like rocket nozzles, really. They're basically rockets, yeah. Uh, and there's two nozzles on either, uh, on either side. Oh, should have mentioned about the propellant tanks also that are on the um, back of the collar area. They have thrusters on them so that they are, like, usable. Mm -hmm. And then, again, they are ejectable because propellant tanks. Um, for the lower version of the skirt, it has a similar design, but no weapons stored on it, and the thrusters are, are a bit bigger. Um, and then when you hit the thrusters that are in the middle part of the backpack there, or the middle part of the tail, uh, the, the top rockets are there, but the bottom rockets have been supplanted by, again, big propellant tanks that have some more rockets on the back of them um this machine though this is like during like the whole last stand uh that this is deployed and i think that that that's what this machine is is them just going let's just take all the materials we have and just make our our ace pilot this make our like last you know good pilot fight at, in the end and just have this machine i think this must however have been an attempted production because they had three of them Yep, they did have three of them, though. So, that's the thing. It, it, there are three identical machines. So, it's like, well, did they just improvise all these the same way? Or was this meant for production? Who knows? Because it doesn't matter because the three machines get fucking destroyed. I mean, listen, they would have won. But, you know, Alice went all, you know, let's, I like making you unhappy. So, we'll talk about <laughs> what brought them down is, you know, Alice finally hit the final step of her development. God, I... I hate it because I love AI stories and I like ideas present within Sentinel a lot. But the ways in which these ideas are explored, eh. yeah, the <sighs> idea of so the like the idea of Alice for we've met, mentioned it on on other episodes, but it's been a long time. Maybe you didn't hear those episodes. Is yeah. that basically the S Gundam has an AI that is? It's such a cool like concept, as you say, where it's like it's an AI that is to a certain degree sentient and it's it's programmed to never communicate with the pilot never let the pilot know it's there but like 
grow attached and so like go through this like character development arc and that's a really interesting idea except for it's gundam and they're like well obviously it has you know they have to do the gender essentialism stuff where it's like well right the the ai has to be given the personality of a girl and she needs to go through the steps of being a girl and dealing with men in her life by first seeing the pilot as like a father figure but then eventually as someone she like loves and it's just like oh this is coached in, couched in like language i do not like even though like the ideas that are present i'm like damn this is cool the actual implementation uh having a bit of the the Gundam spice and i think if tamino handled this he'd ha- handle it a little bit better uh but would he or would he add a fourth step, which is mother and making the ultimate sacrifice for your kid? I mean, she basically does that anyway. <laughs> she basically does that anyway, but at least it isn't framed as, like, go my child, <laughs> you are the future. I mean, she does eject all the uh, pilots for the excess and then just goes, I am going to take care of this last unit. And then that's when they realize, wait, the mobile suits. I wonder what they're thinking, because I don't think they know about the existence of Alice still, like the pilots. So they're just seeing their mobile suit have ejected them. And then start autonomously acting. I mean, I think they maybe have a suspicion because I know that, like, the main pilot, uh, Ryu Roots, has in fact had moments where he's passed out and then somehow survived a battle and is like, that's weird. That, I should be dead. <laughs> this is, do you want to see Art of the guy she fell in love with? She was programmed to fall oh, in love I, with. Oh, I know what Ryu Roots looks like. I hate him. <laughs> Most boring-ass motherfucker. That's... I, I really Why like... is he Charlie Sheen? <laughs> that's a great question. Because that's who he is, right? Yeah. This I is guess, just... actually, he's not Charlie Sheen. He's probably Martin Sheen, given that this is, what, the late 80s? No, because Charlie Sheen's an actor at that point. Yeah, and, and Martin Sheen always had a... had a He didn't have these beady eyes. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's Charlie Sheen. I hate that Ryu Roots is Charlie Sheen. I hate it. Anyway... Um, the, the Zeku Zvi, though, it, 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 this is not like a machine that, you know, you give to any old pilot. This is definitely like a machine that is developed for your, like, ace that knows how to use all of this equipment. Um, for the equipment, should mention, it actually does have head Vulcans. (laughs) Uh. Sure. Which is just kind of funny to me, because why? I don't know, but it does have. I mean. I guess maybe they'll hit a propellant tank. Otherwise, there's no way they're getting through the armor, but uh, whatever yeah. missiles are being fired at you. Uh, yeah, I guess that could be it. It's just for sure. I, I guess with all the sensors, actually, it, it, now that I think about it, maybe they are anti-missile. Um, an idea. Um, the, uh, you know, we mentioned the beam sabers. We mentioned it has the six Sturmfaust. AKA clubs. They're just called clubs in this instead of Sturmfaust. Which is kind of mm-hmm. interesting because I'm wondering then when the name Sturmfaust starts getting used, if that's like a, 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 an Izubuchi thing again. Because I'm, these are. I mean, they're still taking the same inspiration from the same kind of weapon, but it's just mm-hmm. interesting to me that they're not called Faust. They're called originally just clubs. Because. Uh, clearly because they look like clubs. You yeah. Know? I'm not sure. Um, it's interesting. We mentioned the missile pods. So, yeah, on the left arm, it has the 120mm machine gun. Uh, let me find art of it holding its weapons. Actually, not just art. Let me show you my biggest disappointment with Bandai, which is... um, They almost made a toy of this. Really? Well, okay, so it's weird. 
in 2016, they showed off a cost signature model of this. Now, uh, uh, Robot Spirits of this in Tomashi Nations 2016, at the same time that they were showing other things. Now, to be fair, it does say the line display only, which does happen. Like, you know, we've seen them have display only pieces before. And there are elements of the model or of the toy that feel incomplete. Namely, it doesn't have the beam smart gun. Uh, but it, what it does, or actually, no, it does have the beam smart gun, but it has it in the left hand. Uh, I guess the machine gun maybe is in the right hand then. I, I maybe I had that mixed up. Um, it does have the machine gun on it. Uh, but I mean, it has openable missile pods and stuff. So I was like, I used to still really hope that this would actually go into production. And, like, they would make this into a reality because I would want this. Mm -hmm. But, um, they never did. Uh, it, never, it, it, it again, I know it says display only, but I still wish it had happened. Um, trying to find the, uh, images of it. Um, like, because there's more pictures of it. Hold on. From different angles, specifically. Um, but of course, this is from fucking Tom Machine Nations 2016, so it takes a moment. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, so, they even show it doing some cool stuff here, too. Like, uh, you can see from this angle six, you can see the, uh, subarm, uh, one of them holding the side grip of the, um, beam smart gun that is flipped out to the side Oh, now. that's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, to stabilize it. Um, I, I just like that element a lot. Um... It's just a cool suit. I like these little subarms too. Uh, now I don't like the way they did them on the 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 toy here because they're just like little claws. I like them in that old art where they have like the what reminds me of like the Kazuhisa Kondo like mobile suit like bug hands. The little tiny fingers, yeah. Yeah, I love the way those look instead more so. Um, but yeah, this is a cool thing. But yeah, so. Um, the machine gun, though, is the same model, and the same with the beam smart gun. This, technically, none of the equipment is really new, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just the, the implementation of them is weird. Um. And that's it for the Zekus. They died with this one. There were never any Zekus again. Uh, well, no, there is a Zeku Well, we'll talk. No, there's no more Zekus. Um, anyway, quick thoughts on this machine, though. I love this thing. I, I know I've seen people see it and be like... How does that thing move, etc., etc.? It's like, okay, one, you're saying just the art, and so, of course, you're going to feel that way. Because, I mean, you can look at the double Zeta and go, well, how does that move? It's a big, thick mobile suit. Um, mm -hmm. The way that this gets animated in a lot of things, though, it actually looks pretty cool when it moves. Like, uh, hold on. Let me pull it up for you. Like, the animation in Genesis, I think, is really good. Okay, yeah, it's a compilation video, so I have to find the actual section. Um, okay, and copy from current time. All right. So, like, let, 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 let's just watch a couple of these. Oh, goddammit, of course it starts with the map attack, though, which doesn't have an animation. Whatever. Sure, that's fine. So the first actual attack, though, is the beam saber. Oh, yeah, they give it the buggy hands in this game. Those are just normal beam sabers, huh? Yep. I, I like seeing this thing move like that, though. I don't know. Because, again, I... People mention, like, that's their issue with a lot of Gundam side things is, oh, I can't imagine how this thing moves. And, well... 
seeing a little bit of it in action here made me happy. I mean, it is a slow, chunky boy. It is slow and chunky. Though I do like the way it does the swirl with the beam saber, like when it's, mm-hmm. uh... Because it's in space! You know? It can do that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like it's, it's this is a case where, like, doing it justice would actually just be too much of a pain in the ass for them. Because I feel like probably it's just, like, everything is moving a little bit every time yeah, it does anything. Yeah, well, that's the thing, right? And this is why something like this is hard to animate, because... When you start having all... I mean, AOZ would run into this problem. You start having all these, like, moving optional parts on a suit, like something like the Heisenthal 2 with, like, you know, the, the the external shield binders on top of having its weapons that are on its arms. You start just being like, huh, how do I animate all this all at once? Because clearly mm-hmm. it would be using them all at once. But, um, yeah. Uh... Like I said, though, I love this thing just for being, like, a weird, you know, this thing, like, it's just all the stuff bolted onto the suit and just mm-hmm. trying its best. Um, so, there is a developed into. There's one last design to talk about. This is a weird one because it's not in the original um, Sentinel. Though, actually, I should know, uh, the Zeku's Vi... Uh, is, oh, no, it does mention the trivia. Sorry. It does appear in both the original model graphics and revised edition. Um, in uh, the original story, I forgot, the Zodiac does not appear in both. But I see. I yeah. see. Uh, anyway, the Zeku Dry. This is from model graphics February 1989 uh, in a Gundam Sentinel section. Huh. Uh, this is a Zeku Zvi that was designed with the point of miniaturization so that it isn't, like, as ridiculous. Um, still pretty ridiculous. Um, so here's the thing. It's still very beefy, right? Like, you've got this, uh, the head is more similar to the original Zeku Ein's head, and same with, like, the chest, but you've still got, like, the big skirts. I believe those are still missile launchers and those latches, just because the way they open. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, it mentions micro-missiles, so. Uh, and it's got, like, these big side skirts now, uh, but the legs are a bit smaller, the shoulders are big, and it still has, like, the long arms, but again, they're not just covered in all the things. This is just, like, a smaller Zeku Zvi in that way. I also really like the sub-arms on this, because the sub-arms... So, here's what's interesting about them. Um, they are... I don't know why it's drawn this way, because um, I don't think it has three sub-arms... If you look on the left shoulder, though, you see how it has the two, and then on the right shoulder it has the one? I think what the mm-hmm. left shoulder is trying to illustrate is that that's a track for the subarm. See? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just trying to show both positions. I think you that... Because this is obviously, see, like, a concept sketch. Right, and you see motion lines, and the, the at the second position, the drawing is not nearly as detailed, so... Yeah. So, I, I like this idea, though, that it can, like, you know, move between the two sections like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just cool having a sub arm on a track. Um, and then it has the, um, the, um, you can see like the machine gun a- ammo canister, but it's mounted onto the back of it now. And like the backpacks and stuff are obviously much smaller, which only had more views of this. Cause I like the idea of, okay, now what if we did the same thing, but we made it smaller. And so it's not mm-hmm. just like this Hulk. Cause that's how, what I would describe the Zeku's Vias as a Hulk. It is yeah. just a huge machine. 
It gets called an artillery mobile suit, actually, now that I look at it, which I think is funny that they're just like, yeah, it's an artillery mobile suit. Yeah, the the Zvi is very maximalist, and I think an effort to try and, like, sort of bring it down to something a little more manageable makes sense for, for larger production. Um, Not that the new decides existed long enough for that to happen. Sure, they had dreams, though. Let them dream. Um, I mean, here's the thing. Any military coup, they definitely have ideas. <laughs> Whether also, those skirts ideas are need to be longer. Or, you know, long-term or not, you know, eh, but... We need to stop letting women wear uniforms with pants. Shut up, new decides. God. Uh, I, it is interesting that I'm seeing mention uh, in the notes of the RMS-143 ADAD Zeku Zvi from uh, Gundam Proceed Techno Wars 0090. Um, I can't find any information on this. One thing I'll note is that uh, MAHQ has an entry for it with zero information, basically, yeah. and just has the art of the Zeku Dry, even though it's labeled so as the AD. what I actually think, I'm wondering if this is the reverse. I'm wondering if this is the manga machine that we're looking at, and that the wiki has put it in the Zeku Dry here. I Obviously, I generally trust MAHQ over the wiki. The only reason I would push the other way is that, like the MHQ entry has like a total of five words of, te- okay, it's seven, but it has but so yeah, little information. But yeah, it's not very much. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. It makes me think that and the, it is the a, kind of wiki one yeah, might be more accurate small. in this case. Okay. Well, either way, this machine's cool. Yeah. Uh, God, sorry. I'm looking at the portraits of all the guys and they're really weird, like in the nudist sites, because y- you've got the G-Jam portraits that are a bit more like anime but then you've got like the original sentinel portraits where these just look like guys like real guys and it weirds me out mm-hmm. as mentioned like Ryu roots looking like uh uh charlie sheen uh and then you've got like here's josh offshore the the one second dry uh zvi pilot he looks familiar to me too and i can't figure out why he looks maybe like an older Gune, actually, which is funny because, you know, that's not there. Mm, he kind of does, yeah. Oh, also, oh god, he had an insane thing to say. Uh. He, okay, actually, so I guess maybe not. Okay, I th- at first I thought this was negative, but I read apparently. He was asked whether he likes space by Tosh Cray, and he said, I feel like space can send a man into a thoughtless state. The fact that both the Earth and space colonies can breed life in this vacuum makes one see the true value of existence. I like space and its purity. Once man exists here, it is no longer pure. Man should leave his feet on the ground. So, he's like an inverse char. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, we must move everyone into space. Josh is like, no, space is pure. We must not go into space. We will you must live it. in the junkyards we've, lived, we've built on Earth because we're so bad at this. Well, that's the thing. I think he's... So, if you want to take a view of it, he actually might be, like, someone with, like, some, like, weird view that I can actually understand the idea of, of we made our bed on Earth now, and we fucked it all up, and we have to live with the consequences, maybe? Yeah, but I bet that's not really... I bet if you pushed him on it, he would say that it's like, no, listen, just going to space is unnatural. It should stay up there, beautiful. Well, no, that's Tosh Cray that does that, the guy who asked him this question. Oh, interesting. Well, Tasha's oh. whole thing is literally the opposite. He thinks that uh, space colonies are fake. They're all cheap imitations of Earth. 
uh, he, he thinks, like, the food grown in space, the grass grown in space, like, you know, in the colonies, etc. It's all fake. None of this is real. It's so much more artificial than the Earth. Um, but also, apparently, he has a deep terror associated with space, too. Like, that's the thing that, like, uh, is his secret. Uh, let's see. Uh, following the battle, Cray and the others... Sorry, I have to read this, because I haven't read the actual Sentinel story in a long time, and now I'm, like, thinking about it. Uh... There's another interesting uh, thing here uh, the, uh, for a quote from, uh, from Tosh Cray. Also, it's just he has a funny name to say. So, uh, let's see. There's also someone named Kaiser Pinefield involved, which is very funny because that's a hell of a name. Uh, as Pinefield continues to express zealous pro-Earth views, Cray makes a strange statement. I did not expect the space noids' ideals to be more noble than the earth noids. They are, after all, human beings as well. On the contrary, though, I feel that those that are able to survive on solid ground have more pride. Those so-called new types are, after all, earth noids who yearn to live in space. The roots of all these ideologies originated from pure earth noids. Someone once said that new types represent the will of human revolution, but I feel the ones who truly need to change their way of thinking are those living under gravity. Space noids always say that humans are bound in place by gravity and will never be able to evolve into new types. Isn't that a form of discrimination? Oh, no. <laughs> Currently, I deeply feel that space noids are not putting enough effort into enhancing the ideologies of mankind. However, we are the only group of people who promote human revolution and actually put in effort to enact our ideals. No matter what happens to us, I will willingly become the stepping stone for human evolution. What an insane thing to say. I do like that the wiki even says that this is a strange statement. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's like, I'm like reading this and I'm like, what is the ideology going on here? He's like, wait. He, no, the Earthnoids do need to improve their point of view. But also you Spacenoids are too judgy. Well, because... it's also it's also really funny to have him be like... <laughs> like, so like, Spacenoids say that what goes up must come down. Isn't that a form of discrimination? It's like, dog, this is recognizing scientific facts. What are you talking about? I, I, I'm just. <sighs> I realize that that's a tricky set of words that a lot also, of discrimination I'm losing is. My mind you know, that he that says way, we are the only group of people who promote human revolution. Because I read that, I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this guy would fit in a Deus Ex actually, though. Uh. I'm just like, I, I, the new decides are weirdos. I'm, I'm glad they all died. Yeah. They're, they're, it's like, on one hand, it's like, okay, they're Titan remnants. So clearly they're going to all be like Titans, but no, clearly they're all actually weirdos. Even among the Titans. Yeah. They're kind of uh, just crazy. Uh, they did apparently get, uh, were wanted to like, um, they they apparently won von Braun uh, Braun's support by the way, which is funny because they were like they were not expecting to ever win the support of the city because they were like <laughs> well because they were like well the Titans tried dropping a fucking colony on them so and we do seem like we're the predecessors of the Titans so or uh, the the uh, for sorry the uh, process processors <laughs> no the successors there we go um. Oh, also his uh, final statement. Hold on, let me read his last words. Sure. Oh, I guess he's actually arguing with uh, Josh Offshore. Because I guess uh, Josh Offshore tried interrupting a battle that he was... He was having a one-on-one -on -one fight with the Gundam. 
And uh, Josh Offshore was like, I'm going to attack the Gundam and kill it here. And he argues with Offshore as he battles the Gundam, saying, I have realized that no matter who, everyone is afraid of seeing their past faith crumble before them. Once that day comes, they are bound to drag unrelated people in without a second thought to bear the consequences. Cod and I were like this. We, the new decides, are a group of men who have lost their souls. Mayor Pinefield and Admiral Aino were the same. I'm sorry, I wanted to read his last words, though, just because, one, I got to say the phrase, uh, Cod and I were like this. Um, also, I... The thing that I love about Sentinel is... It's trying so hard to be, like, a military science fiction novel in a, in a way that I think is very funny for Gundam. Mm-hmm. Because it still has the trappings of Gundam, right? Like, people fighting each other and saying their ideology at one another in the way that Gundam does it, like, in the heat of battle and whatnot. But also, it's clearly trying to be, like, a bit, like, it wants to be, I think, more heady than, like, an anime would be. But in a way that I just read it and I just go, oh, this is delightfully quaint. <laughs> I, I kind of, I want to reread uh, Sentinel. I remember the translation being kind of, eh. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, and I think that's why, like, I just don't remember a lot of it well. And I liked a lot of the ideas in it, though. And I just kind of want to read it now because it's just reading some of these statements is so funny. You know? Anyway. I, I do know, yeah. Because I'm just trying to figure out the ideologies in place here, and I don't know if they I think exist. so are they. So are they. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I think they're also trying to figure out what they think. I, I think that the uh, the people are maybe leading a rebellion without having a clear, defined goal. They're just going, well, the AU was our enemy, and they took over, and we don't like that. And clearly we all don't like that. So what if we fought against that? But they don't actually have... Uh, contrary to what I said earlier about, like, the Zeku Dry, maybe they didn't have plans, actually. Maybe they were just like, we're just gonna do this rebellion. And then they're like, okay, well, shit. Oh, well, the mayor of Von Braun supports us. Maybe we can get the support of the people. Well, we got a couple of people actually on our side, huh? But they, it doesn't seem like they know what to do with any of that. No. Like, what no. are their plans? They're, they're in space. Sure, you've taken control of a moon city. Now what? <laughs> and you have a control of an asteroid base. Are you going to take over the Earth? I don't think Just they're planning on that. Get a get a big megaphone and go. Everyone, return to your planet. But Please also, like the way they're talking, get out of space. Yeah, they're they're also like, what are they going to do? Forcibly migrate everyone from the sides back to Earth? Like, is that what their plan is? How are you going to do that? <laughs> okay, listen. Uh, I've talked to a new Decides engineer. He didn't seem very smart. I, I don't know how good this plan is, but he says the plan is drop the colonies and everyone jump off before it hits. No. Also, I'm losing my mind because I, I'm remembering now their name is a portmanteau of Decision and Dissident, which I, I don't know if there's a decision here. I think their decision <laughs> was just to rebel and there's no other decisions being made. Just, yeah, we're rebelling. Uh, and we're dissidents. Like, that actually is an accurate name. <laughs> because, the, oh, what a weird, Sentinel's so strange. Anyway, I'm just glad that, like, Hajime Katoki and Mika Akitaka and whatnot, uh, all got their, like, start working on this ridiculous story. And also that Charlie Sheen is just some asshole that exists and keeps fucking up their plans. But he seems like the reasonable one, right? Who? He's the one who... 
Oh, he's Rio Roots, right? I, yeah, I, no, yeah, no. I, yeah. I, you know what? I guess also Tosh, or sorry, Josh Offshore also has a Charlie Sheen vibe. Kind of, yeah. I hate it that they both are Charlie Sheen <laughs> in different ways. Well, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I found the most Charlie Sheen. Hold on, I'm sorry. I forgot about this guy. Look at Sh- Sigmund Shade there on the left. That is Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Why are there all these Charlie Sheens? <laughs> I think, you know what it is? I think they're all given, like, they all have similar facial structures to Charlie, Charlie Sheen. It's, like, it's, it's the, the really hard, stuff, right? yeah, it's, it's like, the, it's like the sunken small eyes and then like the really harsh brow. I think that, I, yeah, is giving that feeling. And, the, but a lot of these characters have that is the thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, and, I, I, I mean, listen, Brave Cod maybe was once a Charlie Sheen, and then he just spent a little much too too much time in the sun, and his face kind of melted. So. Um, I, I also I love Stole Mannings there at the bottom because one, that's a funny name, and two, that also looks like they just used a reference of a real person there because of the expression being made. It looks kind of like George Bush. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> also, his name is Stole Mannings. So, uh. Oh, and also look at Shin Crip there. Look at that little smile. Shin Crip Shin looks Crip. okay. His his smile is weird, but otherwise his face looks all right. That's that's oh, kind of a cute. Look at that little fashion. smile. He's just a little lad. <laughs> oh, anyway, sorry. Uh, lots of digressions here at the end that aren't about mobile suits, but I just wanted to talk with Six about this stuff, and y'all <laughs> are stuck here. Uh, I had a moment where I said I said he's a cute fascist, and I was like, wait. Rio Roots is on this page. I don't know which faction he's part of. And I was like, wait, uh, it doesn't matter. They're both fascists. Uh, well, yeah, I was... Well, they're AUG members, I think, technically. But now AUG. that AUG is part of the Federation, so... Uh, they're fascists. Anyway, Dylan, anyway, where can people I want, find you? I want that? Judo to be involved with this and just to, to, to look at Tosh or the other guy and be like, what gives you the right to live on Earth, actually? Like, just reverse the question to them. You don't want to hear his answer to that question. No, but I, I'm i just thinking of that line that Judo has at the end of Double Zeta now. Sure. Versus, like, these people who are, like, somehow the complete opposite and just being like, no, 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 we, no, I don't want to kill the space noids. I want to move them all to Earth. And it's like, wait, what? You're just insane. <laughs> You're just saying things that are not really feasible. It's point. not it's not insane to not have a plan. Yeah. To, to, it's a bad to idea. To throw a rebellion, to throw a military coup, not have a plan, and also for your ranks to not even have a consistent ideology within your terrorist cell? Dylan, listen. I think that's a little insane. No, listen, people use the phrase certifiable, right? I have my fucking certificate. I am insane. Don't lump me in with these people. They're just stupid. They don't have any excuse. They're just morons. That's fair. Um. Uh, oh, speaking of ideology, I just saw the line. Uh, Cray is like, wait, why are we destroying Pezun? Like that we are withdrawing from the base that we stole. And um. Tosh Cray's like, I don't think that would have any meaning, and also that's just being like, because what they were going to do is just detonate it, like, mm-hmm. and, and like when a bunch of Task Force Alpha mobile suits were there to kill them. And he's like, that that doesn't have any meaning, we're just being assholes. Uh, and then 
Brave Cause says, no, it's not meaningless. Such an act will display our ideology to the world. And I'm like, what is your ideology? <laughs> I think I've used that as an ending quote before. That line, that Brave Cop line. Ah, I think you have. <laughs> I just... Uh... I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about this now. I I need to read. I need to read Sentinel because I'm actually like, I I I am too fucking like my brain now is just like thinking about this, and I'm like, you know, like I said, I read this when I was like, I read this story maybe in like 2015 when I am like the babyest baby uh, communist. Like I don't even know if I want to say communist, like leftist. Like when I'm not, I, I don't have a firm ideology. And now that I have a firm ideological grasp, the more I look at this, I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> you know? It's a little confusing. Anyway. Which is so funny, because this is the thing that, in Japan, at times, in the fandom, and uh, in the US, it gets paraded as like, this is all, you know, the, the, the serious military story within Gundam. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm now I'm like, curious because i'm like wait i am reading some stuff and my brain's just going what is happening um i don't know anyway that's a big digression on sentinel at the end here uh six where can people or actually do we have any questions or anything not at the moment okay viewers if you, listeners if you, send in questions yeah. yeah if you wanted to do that which you should uh you'd, you'd send them to at six detmar s-i-x-d-e-t-t-m-a-r on twitter my work can also be found on scanlandme.com or patreon.com slash scanlandmedia. Dylan, what about you? You can find me at lowpolyrobot on twitter.com, um, where I post occasionally things, games, robots, etc. You know, hopefully you follow me by now. If you don't, that's fine. I don't, I, it doesn't really matter either way. I'm trying uh-huh. to fix, I'm trying to fix the Ryu Roots page, or I should say Ryo, I suppose. Well. No, that's another typo. Um, there are just, like, typos here. Like, they call Alice the artificial intelligence. It's like, you need a T in there, bud. Um, but there's God. a button that says log in to edit. And if you click it, it says you're not logged in. And I'm like, yeah, but there's but you're nothing, else, nothing else on here says log in. There's no... I'm not able to log in. What are you doing? I Look, Fandom Wiki is broken. Uh, like, as a, as a functional website now. So... Good luck. Um, any other kind of news or anything before we head out? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, latest from MAHQ. Um, did a bunch of uh, Super Robot Wars stuff since we gave a last update, so if you want some SRW things, I honestly am probably going to be taking a look at that because I've been enjoying some of the unique designs of, of robots they come up with for SRW. Yeah, um, surprised me. Have we done any SRW robots on the show? No, I don't think we have any on the list. Uh, nobody's requested them, and we don't have a we don't have a page for them. But you know, yeah. I mean, right now we don't have any tabs besides listener requests that include non Gundam. Non Gundam, yeah. But you know, maybe, maybe. Uh, I like to leave getting weird to the listeners, but you know, listen, you're not even sending questions anymore. I don't know if I can trust you. <laughs> I mean, look, we, we've answered a lot of questions, though, too. Yeah. We, we, listen, we had I'd a like, big surge of questions initially. We really did. And, you know, I do get, like, this is the podcast I get the most, like, express support for. I get people being like, hey, love the show. And I really appreciate it. It's really cool. So, uh, fun thing. You know how, like, so you listen to Just King Things, right? Yes. So, uh, I didn't know that we were also on Apple Podcasts. 
until recently. And I always heard, you know, the Apple podcast thing, like where it's like, you know, like Cameron will read the five star reviews that are good on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have a ton of reviews, but I did. I was very going to admit some pride in seeing that we actually had nine ratings and they were all five stars. That made me happy. Yeah. Look, yeah, I like don't... that people like the thing because I worry it's terrible all the time. Not that, not that even you're terrible, that I'm terrible. I'm like, God, this is, here's the thing. I was in a place where in the past I was friends with people who didn't like Mecca. And y'all have heard me on the show for over a hundred episodes now. Could you imagine being a friend with me if you have no care at all about Mecca and you just like fantasy stuff? And I'm just like, can I talk about robots for a bit? People found me very annoying. So I'm, I have, I have a deep seated anxieties about talking too much about robots. So I am glad people enjoy this show. I mean, listen, we've got a, we've got a, uh, we've got a review here, a five-star review. Uh, Dylan has a passion for mechanical design and six has a passion for getting under their skin. Great dynamic. Great show. That is good. Oh, is that from, uh, that's from Grant. That is from Grant. Cool. Uh, I don't know what this means because I don't know cars, but another review does mention the O is a Porsche 935. Uh, what is a Porsche 935? I know we're at the end. I don't give a shit. I'm looking this up on my air. It's interesting. I don't, I don't know that I can see it, but I I would be interested to hear more on that. If you're a listener, send it an email. Looking at it, I, you know what? I think I can see it in that the frame of this Porsche 935 has like, the way that the, there are like holes in this body remind me a little bit of like the thrusters and like stuff around like the skirts of the um of the o yeah the problem is the problem is cars only care about getting from one place to another and so you never get a car that's up armored or has a lot of attachments and so it makes the comparison tricky but yeah that's fair and then uh finally the other review just to read it because fuck it we're doing it we're stealing a just king things bit now uh is okay hang on what I'm sure other people do it. I'm just saying <laughs> other the people reason read I reviews. It is because it's yes. Why? That's fine. Go ahead. That's where. That's the podcast I know that does it. Like it doesn't matter that it's the thing others would do. I am stating that I am directly inspired by them. Okay. Um, in this regard, um, someone uh, mentioning good show that makes me wish for more model kits. You and me both, buddy. Good old uh, Thromasob. Thromasob. Uh. I feel that same way. I agree. Anyway, sorry. Look, I just want to talk to people. I, I, we have to end the show soon. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan you're, you're turning into desperate mode. We need to stop. Uh, I know. Uh, I'll no, end that, this that, the look. same way that Josh Offshore ended his life. Mommy. That's so funny. God, that's so funny. Anyway, peace. Peace. Ah. Uh.